Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI podcast channel. I'm your host, as usual, Guy Drinkle. And we finally can talk about Xbox, so everyone else can probably stop listening. <laughs> um, but no, it's full of intrigue, because um, there's not really many rumours compared to what the PlayStation one was. But I'll introduce Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm finally looking forward to this, even though there's not really much confirmed we can talk about. Uh, but uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, and I'll, as usual, we go through the news. Um, and we've got two Xbox stories, which is quite fair. Uh, probably done on purpose. But um, yeah, Carl, I mean, the first one is xCloud pretty much joining Game Pass uh, and Game Pass. Oh, I think it's Game Pass Ultimate only. Sneaky devil with the headline there. But. Uh, Yes, xCloud joining um, Game Pass in September. Yes, so this story comes from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer, and Tom writes, Xbox game streaming service xCloud will be folded into Xbox Game Pass this September, quote, at no additional cost to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members, end quote. Microsoft previously announced xCloud would become part of Game Pass at some point this year, though many had expected it would simply be included with the subscription's base offering. Right now, Xbox Game Pass costs £7.99 per month for either a PC or console subscription, or £10.99 per month for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which wraps together PC, console, and Xbox Live Gold as well, which on its own is a separate £6.99 monthly cost. The news came as part of a new Xbox Wire post penned by Xbox boss Phil Spencer. The blog states that with Xbox, quote, you won't be forced into the next generation, end quote. A pointed nod at Sony and its recent comments that PS5 games will only be playable on PS5. We want, quote, we want every Xbox player to play all the new games from Xbox Game Studios, end quote, Spencer wrote. Quote, that's why Xbox Game Studios titles we release in the next couple of years, like Halo Infinite, 
will be available and play great on Xbox Series X and Xbox One. We won't force you to upgrade to Xbox Series X at launch to play Xbox exclusives. Your Xbox One gaming accessories come into the future with you too, end quote, Spencer continued. Quote, the Xbox Elite controller and Xbox Adaptive controller all work on Xbox Series X, so you don't have to purchase new controllers. Unlike others, we believe that your investments in gaming should move with you into the next generation, end quote. And you can, of course, read the full story over on Eurogamer, and I'd urge you to do so if you haven't already. So what do you think of, of this move as as far as xCloud goes and also the, the shots fired by, by Phil Spencer in the article? Yeah, I mean, it's always been the... Uh the direction Xbox has kind of gone in, because I don't think Xbox is in a position to just go, well, the Xbox One's dead now, fuck it, because we don't have that many people, or as, as many people. Um, so I think we kind of have to appease the people Xbox have already got, and then obviously we have to try and um, bring new people in. And I think that's kind of where Game Pass Ultimate and xCloud kind of is, because I think... That that's Xbox's best selling thing at the minute. It's it's the best selling point of Xbox is Game Pass, X Cloud, um, and I don't think there's any doubt about that because the the PlayStation alternative PS now is just not as good, um, especially that you can't bundle it into a PS net network. Yeah, that sounds right. PS network and all that jazz with it, and I, I don't I don't obviously don't use PS now that much, but the catalog's not meant to be as good. Um, but uh, I might be wrong on that, but it just seems it's a good way of selling it, adding X Cloud to it, because we, we've had this debate, I think we've probably had a full pod on it as well, whether cloud-based gaming, um, I mean, man, we watch the fucking Stadia thing, yeah. <laughs> um, whether that's the future of gaming, and, and Xbox seemed to have brought it side by side with consoles rather than do what Google did and just have it as the whole thing, and I don't know I don't know anyone who's used Stadia. Um, and I don't know the situation why you would use Stadia. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just it's just a good thing. I mean, I've had the beta, or preview, whatever the hell it's called, of xCloud. Unfortunately, I've not really used it. <laughs> so I've, I've never really been in the situation too. But I think as long as they keep adding to it and adding the catalogue to, to xCloud, and now it's available for a game pass ultimate people which i imagine if you've got game pass you might as well just get ultimate why not <laughs> it just adds in uh, xbox live as well for for a what is it three four quid more but uh, i think it's just i think it's just adding to the game pass thing and obviously what we're going to preview in a minute in the xbox thing that'll determine quite a bit how how marketable the Xbox is, but at the minute in a struggling gen, Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate is certainly the best thing, and making that an even better thing is is just a clever move, I suppose. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm certainly with you on that. I mean, in terms of PlayStation Now, it's it's not something I've tried myself, but I, I do know people who've used it, and and I've I've heard positive things. But you know, as with any streaming, it comes down to kind of your your own internet speeds. Um, but obviously, PlayStation Now worked kind of all, all, in reverse to this. Obviously, at first it was streaming, and then they've they've um, 
now allow people to download some of the PS4 titles to their console and I gather that's something that they're going to be kind of in, increasing in terms of the titles you can actually download from it as well moving forward and and I would assume that, that Sony will take a similar move to, to Xbox and kind of giving an offering that will roll PS Now and, and PS Plus in together um, if, if people want to do so. And I think that's the, the smart thing, especially as we're moving into kind of a more digital future. You know, obviously, I, I don't think discs are going to go away in anytime soon. But at the same time, you know, Sony are obviously offering a digital-only console. Rumor is that the Xbox Series mm. S, which will supposedly be revealed next month, or potentially at this this event next week, will also be a digital-only device. So uh, I think it's smart to, to kind of push kind of an offer of, you know, if you have a, a Game Pass where you, people can download titles and also a streaming service that will, will be right on home on these digital-only consoles. It, it makes a lot of sense um, to, to be pushing the, these offers. So I think it's a, a smart move to, to kind of, bundle it all in and i know people some people might be disappointed because they might have expected it to be bundled in with the regular game pass but i'm just Mm. not sure how that would have worked financially you know and i think especially if and there's been no no indication that it will change but like if if for 10 pound 99 you're getting game pass ultimate x cloud and xbox live gold that's a really good deal. You know, you, you've mm. got a lot of options there for, and I've said it before a lot of times, like I, I don't really buy many games for my Xbox one. I kind of just jump in and out of game pass. And, you know, I, I think even if someone, but I primarily game on my PS4 and then probably my switch next, like my Xbox one would be my least played console. No knock on Xbox, but uh, I've said it like that. There are people who play Xbox primarily could still live off Game Pass. Like there's enough mm. on there, and especially now for X Clouds, bringing even more options. Like that there's a lot there in there for a lot of bang for your buck. So, you know, I I think it's a, a good deal. Um, and but in terms of what what Spencer said, it's you know it's 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 interesting. Like what Xbox are choosing to focus on. Like it's you know I think they. They got a lot of fanfare in the last gen with um, kind of adding backwards compatibility. Mm. And, you know, it seems that they're pushing forward with that. Um, I mean, I think it's, I, I don't know if it's in the next article or if it's, um, if I just read it elsewhere, but I did read today as well that, that, um, Xbox have said that uh, aside from games that require connect, connect. they expect all Xbox One exclusives to work day one on Xbox Series X. So they're they're clearly pushing forward with this kind of backwards compatibility, and obviously they're they're going to be supporting Xbox Series X with their exclusives for the next two years. And you know, last of all, obviously the accessories. You know, the controllers will work on. Xbox Series X, but with that said, I'm pretty sure I've read that PlayStation 4 controllers will be usable yeah. on PlayStation 5 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Sony are matching them in that sense, at the very least. Obviously, Sony have been a little bit more cloak and dagger about their um, 
backwards compatibility um they've, they've been kind of uh, reserved in their estimations and that but i you know there were rumors this week now i didn't include it in the, the news story because it's a patent and a, a patent you know it's, it's very kind of weak as far as being newsworthy but there was a patent discovered that seemed to suggest that that sony's looking into cloud-based backwards compatibility for older consoles now how exactly that would work i'm, I'm not too sure but you know that that could be something they're bringing in as part of playstation now they already have it to a degree with obviously you can stream ps3 games but i think this would be more so possibly potentially kind of detecting the discs and then allowing you to stream that game for for you know not every title of older consoles but specific titles so it it is interesting to see how kind of it's almost a new front in the console wars now is this this gamer friendly backwards compatibility battle between the the two companies trying to support their previous games and now obviously the accessories are coming in and obviously these services are, are playing a big part in that yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it's uh it'll be interesting to see because as you say a patent is it's probably one of the earliest things you'd probably do if so i imagine that'd be a bit quite a while away if it is uh well, you'd imagine something PlayStation would be doing. I think it's been long rumoured they want a similar version of backwards compatibility, don't they? Um, so it'll be interesting to see when that comes out. Um, and the next story, I mean, we kind of just talked about um, Microsoft bringing last gen with them, and this may be a smidge of a contradiction, but it's very understandable why, because next gen, kind of, you want it to be next gen, but support's one thing, but discontinuing the uh, xbox one and xbox one s um it does kind of make sense doesn't it carl yeah i i mean uh well i'll, I'll read the story and then i'll uh, get, give my thoughts on that one um so this comes from tom warren over at the verge Microsoft is officially halting production of its Xbox One X on Xbox One S all digital edition consoles. Quote, as we ramp into the future with Xbox Series X, we're taking the natural step of stopping production on Xbox One X on Xbox One S all digital edition, end quote, said a Microsoft spokesperson. Quote, Xbox One S will continue to be manufactured and sold globally, end quote. Microsoft first introduced the Xbox One X back in November 2017, designed as the, quote, world's most powerful console, end quote, at the time. Microsoft focused on power and hardware for its six-teraflop Xbox One X. The Xbox One S All Digital Edition was only launched in April last year as a diskless version of the Xbox One S, Reports have suggested sales were strong for this particular console, and Microsoft even bundled it as part of the $19.99 monthly Xbox All Access subscription that includes Xbox Game Pass Ultimate Access. Microsoft is rumored to be preparing to unveil a second new Xbox next month. The console is expected to be a cheaper, less powerful machine than the Series X, this con- second console may be called Xbox Series S and is expected to target 1080p slash 1440p gaming. And you can read the full story over on The Verge. So I, I kind of have mixed reactions to this. I mean, discontinuing the Xbox One S 
digital edition makes sense to me. I don't think it did that well. You know, I think people were still just picking up the regular Xbox One S because, mm. you know, it's a great deal at the price it comes at. And obviously you also get the, the 4K Blu-ray. So I think that's that's a big deal to people um, in terms of the value of the console. Um, whereas that I, I just don't think people are quite ready for an all digital edition when when this console was was announced. I think as well they'll want to bring the focus onto their new the rumored Xbox Series S in terms of their their likely all digital offering. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. But the, I have kind of mixed feelings in regards to the Xbox One X. On the one hand, I suppose there's the argument that everyone who wants that console or at least most of the people who want that console probably already have it. You know, the people who are going to upgrade from their Xbox One S or, or the original Xbox One, or maybe the handful of people who might have switched over from PS4 because of the Xbox One X being the, the most powerful console ever at the time. You know, I, I think for the most point that that console has probably moved as many numbers as as it's going to make. And, you know, I, I know there's some people might argue they could have maybe slashed the price and sold that as kind of a, a more budget offering to the Xbox, you know, getting a decent Xbox gaming experience. But I'd say the Xbox One X, you know, there's only so low they could make the price given that it, it's, it was an expensive console to manufacture. And secondly, again, if they did that, it's it's simply only going to serve to, to kind of compete with the Xbox Series S as the, the, the cheaper console. So I, I think all in all, it makes sense, but there is the age. You know, it, it November 2017, that the, for the Xbox One X, that's only three years ago. It seems quite early to be kind of killing off a skew after only three years to, to me. I mean, what, what's your thought, thoughts on it, Guy? Yeah, I agree about the digital one. Um, I think especially with Lockhart Series S coming out, it kind of makes sense in that. And I think that kind of leads on to the X as well. I think with Xbox supporting the uh, current gen for 18 months to two years, I think you have to kind of give give people a reason to buy next gen. Um, and that's been one of the criticisms. Why, why, why would you buy next gen if everyone's going to play on it? But if the if the discontinuing in it, um, why would you like? You could easily probably get an X cheaper than you would a a Lockhart. You'd imagine so. I'm not even sure how much an Xbox One X is at the min. I'll go uh, Google that whilst I'm talking, Carl. <laughs> um, but if if the Xbox One X goes down in price further when the next gen comes up, which you imagine it it would, then if it's like over a hundred pound, a hundred euro, a hundred whatever cheaper than the the Lockhart, why would you buy one? Then you could just wait two years, get full support, and then eventually yeah. buy your Series X. So I can kind of I see the reasoning behind it to try and make people buy. Um, at least the Series S lock up. Um but yeah, I, I can see I can see the arguments for both to be honest, but I think you have to give people a reason to buy next gen. Um because I think place I think 
it's right because PlayStation are in a position of power for like the last twenty since Nintendo what sixty four. <laughs> um, it's PlayStation can do what they want, whereas Xbox kind of have to play to their own rules. So I think that this is kind of more of that. They ha- they have to kind of support and give reason to buy, and I think this is just kind of what that is. Yeah, I I think so, and I, I mean. In in ways it it, it makes sense um, because I mean we we'd been questioning that recently when we've been talking in our WhatsApp group you know the 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 pure like it's it's strange enough that they're going to be supporting five you know what's effectively five mm. different consoles almost you know with their their exclusives in the form of the Xbox One the Xbox One S the Xbox One X the xbox series s and the xbox series x um so that that's that in itself is is a challenge but in, in terms of actually retailing you know obviously the xbox the original xbox one has since been discontinued but they you know mm-hmm. they would have still had the the all digital edition of the s so it still effectively would have been selling five different consoles mm-hmm. um you know to to, to to a degree, um, and it just it just wouldn't make sense. It's it's very much cannibalizing yourself, um, especially when it seems like Sony are, are you know moving on to, to focusing on the the PlayStation Five. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a degree of support for the the um, PlayStation Four and, and PlayStation Four Pro, and you know I doubt they'll they'll stop selling either console anytime soon, but. You know they're they're certainly putting the focus on the five, so I think it would just be too much for for Microsoft to be offering five different consoles. Mm. No, that's a very good point. It, it's a very good point because uh, I think we had the debate must have been a few pods ago about the position. What is the need of Lockhart if you if you're supporting um, the previous gen? And I think that kind of answers our question, doesn't it? If the if the supporting Next, uh, Christ, I'm going to have to get used to this. Supporting current gen, but they the want to move on at the same time. I think discontinuing two of the consoles makes sense. So if it's just the S, Lockhart and Series X, I think that's a lot more manageable, isn't it? Um, whereas you can kind of sell the S as, I don't know, first stepping to gaming or something like that. Because you'd imagine, I mean... I'm just I've just got Amazon open now. The Xbox One X now is three hundred and eighty pound. So you'd imagine that's exactly the price range of what Lockhart would be, you'd imagine. <laughs> so yeah, that it does it makes more sense now, um, to that. Whereas an Xbox One S is dun 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 uh two hundred pound at Argos, depending on what memory you get. So two hundred pound that's probably a good step into gaming, isn't it, you'd think? Um, so I think that's a good price range. So, so if you've got £200 for the S, 350 to 400 for the Lockhart, and then, what, 450 to 550 for Xbox Series X, it can't, it's got a good, I think it's got a good range there. So I, th- I think it makes sense, really. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, it's it's... Very much as the, the Xbox One S will obviously serve as the, the very kind of budget entry, you know, maybe for especially possibly even for for younger gamers, that yeah. that could be a good way to to get in, especially if they're supporting the the exclusives. 
and then obviously you've got the maybe the Xbox um, Series S, you know, that with being all digital and um, and kind of uh, although there's continuous rumors that it's going to be slightly less powerful than the Series X as well. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that works. Um, but that you know maybe that'll suit the more casual gamer and then obviously you're gonna have the series x for the you know kind of the, the real hardcore want to jump in at the top level so it, it seems like they'll have something for everyone in, in terms of the you know pushing the three different consoles yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> um yeah 100 it's um i think it just it cleans i think that's what we're looking for here. it's cleaning up the xbox line and that's been i think that's been a problem since the name reveal, hasn't it really? I mean, uh, it's been it's obviously hard to go back from Xbox Xbox three sixty Xbox One, and then if they came out with Xbox Two, it would have been a bit stupid because Xbox One was a bad day in the first place. So hopefully they've found a format now and kind of just stick with it. But if Xbox Seven Twenty comes out in ten years, okay. <laughs> um, so hopefully the the uh, the naming's a bit cleared up as well. No, um, but Carl, let's get on to the get get onto the topic in hand and the Xbox event, which is on Thursday. I'm I'm very much looking forward to. It. I mean, what what's your overall thoughts? Because as you as you said earlier, I mean, it's probably third place in your console list at the more uh, Xboxes. I mean, do, do, are you excited or intrigued? Probably a better word. No, I'd, 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 I'd go as far as saying excited. I mean, I, I did, I had an Xbox as my main console um, throughout the, the kind of the, the previous generation that the 360 was my main console. And I'm a big fan of, of series like Halo and Gears and Fable. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely an Xbox fan. And I, I think, as you said, at the top of the show, you know, there, there's, so little to go on in terms of rumors here like we have a few conferred projects and a couple of kind of strong rumors which we'll discuss i'm sure but there's a lot of microsoft studios that we don't know what they're working what they're working on new we, we know it's likely new ip you know which makes it even harder you know for there to be rumors to begin with and add to that we can't even rule out maybe that microsoft might have pulled picked up another studio or, or two mm. uh, or also they could be working as, as Sony often do one with um, kind of independent studios mm. on second party games like projects as, as exclusive so we, we just don't know what to expect in, in a lot of ways from Microsoft and that's what makes this this show you know that it I'm sure it's going to be an action-packed hour or so on Thursday evening yeah yeah, it's it's just difficult for us. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, just just for the listeners at home. I mean, when we did the PlayStation event the uh, the other week or month, Carl literally had like pages of rumors ready for me. And this one, he just listed the game developers and said, "No rumor, no rumor. Project Dark, rumor, no rumors." <laughs> so it's uh, this is going to be interesting. Um, but I mean, Carl, should we start with? one of the franchises you mentioned there and that's halo it's pretty it is confirmed to be there um and th- there's rumors around that i mean it, it might be becoming more of a game with a service a la destiny um there's rumors of the battle royale um 
as a long-standing Halo fan, such as myself, and obviously you are as well, I mean, is this a development that should be good for Halo? Because can you, can you really do a first-person campaign nowadays, especially with the way 4 and 5 have kind of came down in quality compared to the original trilogy? I think it's it's difficult. I mean, they're they're definitely up uh, against it because uh, four and five, you know, weren't as as um, kind of appreciated as the previous titles. <laughs> to, to put it simply, um, I mean, I I I played four, but I I never got around to five. I've, I've been meaning to to get to it actually because mm. I heard I heard five certainly had its its good points. You know, but it, there, there was also some some things people weren't happy with, and I think ultimately you're always going to have the kind of hardcore fan base of Halo that are, are always going to say it's it's not been the same since Bungie left. You know, that Reach was the the last great Halo game, and I, I suppose in a way I'm kind of with them in that. In because you know, it's although true, I, I thought <laughs> exactly, I, I thought Halo Four was a decent mm. Halo game. But it was definitely a step down from from what came before, and I gather Halo Five is is much the same. And I mean, yeah. you know, Halo Five came out five years ago, and and in the interim, you know, while working on Halo Infinite, three four three have have largely been collaborating on with you know with on side projects from Halo, kind of branching out. You know, obviously they uh, they worked uh, with on Halo Fireteam Raven, the the arcade co-op game um they also worked on halo wars 2 with creative assembly which by all accounts a lot of people say that that's the best halo game since reach mm. um you know which which is interesting seeing as the the first halo wars game was kind of more of a, a cult classic rather than than widely appreciated um but it's about time that we, we return to the, the actual mainline Halo series. And I think this is, you know, I'm not going to say Last Chance Saloon because, you know, again, Halo 4 nor Halo 5 were bad games. They were just a step down from what we were used to. And, you know, they've sold well. And I'm sure Halo Infinite's going to sell well. So I'm sure 343 will get another, another bite of the cherry regardless. But I, I think for those fans, you know, that, that, that are still missing Bungie, you know, that they might completely lose patience with, with 343 if Halo Infinite isn't a step above the, the last two Halo titles in, in terms of quality, you know, may, maybe it doesn't quite have to be as good as the old Halos, but, you know, I think people are certainly expecting a step up. And I, I think, I think, you know, from thing, interviews and that that I've, I've read and listened to over the, the past year or so since Halo Infinite was announced, I think that's something 343 have certainly taken on board. So I'd like to think that they're, they are kind of gearing up to give people the Halo title that that they're expecting yeah and that, that's the most important thing i think <clears throat> taking over from bungie especially i mean free was probably my favorite in terms of story and stuff like that but then reach came along and reach was just kind of the fact that it was a side story it just kind of was almost perfect for me and then kind of going on from that to four which kind of seemed chucked together because the story of Master Chief and all that seemed 
quite clear cut and then all of a sudden they're just bringing like a new race kind of unexplained and and rush it through and then five thought the advertisement was about um spartan lock i'm gonna go with <laughs> spartan lock um and then the bad guy i'm not sure you don't mind me spoiling a five-year-old game ends up caught no, go ahead <laughs> ends up being cortana who's evil and she's kind of corrupt and becoming mental um so it, it, it's it just doesn't really work because i think the first i'm i think the only one I'd never played with ODST, so kind of four for me might be five if you've played ODST. The first five games were something special, and as you say, these kind of just been a step down. And this is Xbox's big, big um, franchise. This is it. I mean, Sony obviously has Last of Us, God of War, um, Uncharted, but does Sony have? a clear top number one. I don't think it does. And that's probably because all of them are mint. Whereas Xbox, it's literally like Halo. Halo's king. It is just king. And um it it's not it's not it's kind of just summarized the the state of the console really and uh, the last two um titles. So yeah hopefully hopefully what we see on um on Thursday is, is is really exciting and if it is a game with a service i just kind of hope it's not a a destiny clone because that's what we've talked about on the last few podcasts isn't it i mean you've got destiny you've got the division and then there's not really space for anything else so i think it has to have its own spin on it you can't just be oh you make your own spartan and you go for a wander doing missions and shit it has to be i think it has to be linked in well with the halo lore if it's going to be like one of them games yeah, I'd, I'd agree there. Um, it will be interesting to see. Like, uh, we're, we're assuming you play as Master Chief in, in, in some sense, but, you know, could could there be another character like like how there was Locke in, in 5? Um, you know, could it be possibly a new kind of a new um, Spartan and possibly your own Spartan, you know, as, as you were saying? Mm. Um, have you seen the rumors about Locke? Locke's fate in in Halo Infinite, and particularly the source of the rumors is, is I quite, quite interesting. I haven't. Is he going to get shot like in the first second of the game? So. Well, there's a there's a um the the latest Mega Blocks Halo um figures have been revealed, right? And one of the bad guys appears to have Locke's helmet on his shoulder, so yeah. they they think Locke might die. Oh, that's that's definitely the opening to the game. <laughs> so it's it's crazy to think that like you know a, a game could be spoiled by children's toys. Well, you know, <laughs> the Marvel films are always spoiled by Lego, aren't they? That's the thing. So it's uh, it seems to be uh, the way the world works nowadays. God damn it, Lego and Mega Blocks, you bastards! Um, but nothing that makes sense if you kind of want to. Um, set aside the demons of, of Halo 5 and its poor advertising um, campaign. So, yeah, but... Um, I mean, what 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 would you like to see specifically from Halo? I mean, would you like it just to go back to Master Chief's story against the Covenant? And I, I mentioned Cortana there, so it's kind of hard to fit that in. But Or would you like to see them experiment again like they did in five or would you like them go back to basics pretty much 
I I think you know this is going to sound contradictory, but I, I think they almost need to do both. You know, they they definitely need to take a lot of inspiration from what made the first few Halo games so popular. But at the same time, I understand that they they've moved on from the covenant. Obviously, the 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 enemy in what are the enemy called in in Prometheans? Uh, yeah. They've also moved on to that. They're, you know, they're. I don't think they're ever going to be as beloved as the, the Covenant, but they are what they are, and you know what I mean. They, they I suppose, in a degree, we got to accept the Covenant and the flood mm. had been kind of done to the oh, to the, the max. So yeah, so I mean, they they gotta kind of make it their own and in, in terms of you know kind of the, the focus being on this so uh, as i said they, they need to go you know they need to definitely stay true to the old games but at the same time we, we need something fresh and, that, and that's no easy task but that's what has to be done if they're going to kind of get get people back in but i mean for me what i want in a halo game is you know i want it all i want to i want a strong kind of campaign with couch co-op, which they've said there will be, mm. uh, so I can play through it with my friends like old times. And I also want, you know, kind of a, a fun multiplayer that I can can kind of because I don't play multiplayer that often these days. That I can kind of drop in and out of. It doesn't have to be kind of a full time commitment, you know. As as and that's how I would have seen the multiplayer in the old Halo games. So. That's that's what I want personally. I know it's a lot to ask. I mean, it's it, they need to be firing on all cylinders, but I think that's what what most fans are going to ask for. I mean, what what what's what's on your wish list? I just want talking grunt Easter egg, <laughs> like at the end of three. Uh, no, I'm 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 with you there. I think you need to have, I think you need to have a powerful story like Reach. Um, and there's certainly scope for that with the way five ended with um with Cortana betrayed Chief and stuff like that and pretty much trying to kidnap Chief. Um but I think you I think you need to have more characters to care about because I think that's been the problem with four and five. It's pretty much just been as soon as it goes away from Chief, you're like, I could not give a literal shit what happens to any of these characters. Whereas on um three you had um the Arbiter who was voiced by... Is it Keith Floyd, is his name? Keith David? Keith David. Keith David, that's it. Um, Obviously, brilliantly voice acted there. You had uh, Johnson. You had, had, like, such a host of characters that you cared about, whereas 4 and 5, I mean, they try to introduce Locke and stuff like that. It's like, I just want to play as Master Chief, mate. Piss off. (laughs) So I think you need to kind of improve the surrounding cast around, around Chief, which is probably my biggest thing to expect. And caring about the enemy as well, that kind of thing. I think you you obviously brought up the Prometheans. They're a bit shit. They're just kind of a bit, I want to destroy the world, whereas the Covenant, is, it's like more about, it's about the political side of it, and there's like questions there, and then the, the flood, that's what the Flood were. The Flood were the ones who just wanted to destroy shit and take over the world, or take over people, whoever went near them. Whereas the co- the covenant was more political gain and more about war and shit. Whereas the Prometheans like world domination, cliche bullshit. So I think he, I think there needs to be more um, nous around the story, which I hope it is. And having Cortana as potentially the enemy kind of leads on to that, I suppose. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. I mean, there was obviously a good balance between the flood and the covenant, and then there was a lot of layers to the covenant. Obviously, as you said, the the arbiter, and and kind of then we had the the civil war and the the covenant between the Brute elites bastards. and the, the brutes. So there there was a lot to that, and you know to 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 keep you hooked. Um, and I mean, it, it, there's always been a difficulty when they've tried to step away from cheap. I mean, like, I, I really enjoyed the Arbiter and playing as the Arbiter. And I, I think kind of the, the criticism levied there is more so at kind of how the story in Halo 2 is handled in general rather than, you know, as, as playing as the Arbiter. But there were people who just wanted to play as Chief. And the only time really, I think, when it's been largely kind of applauded in in terms of not playing as chief is is reach when you know you chief wasn't involved at all until obviously his appearance at the very end of the game so it it, it always has been a difficulty for them so it'll be interesting to see if they kind of persist with that you know with having a second playable character you know even if that's just you know maybe you play as lock in the first mission and you get killed at the end of the mission you know what i mean it, it, that that would be an interesting way of tackling it but mm. or will they just go back to kind of halo 4 and halo 3 and halo 1 in terms of like you're just purely playing as the chief uh, i suppose time will tell on the front maybe we'll we'll get a we'll probably hopefully get a clear indication of that on on thursday evening mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let, let's move off from here. <laughs> this is where it's going to get difficult because this is the one game that's confirmed. <laughs> um, right. Shall we move on to... Let's go Fable because that's the second biggest rumour, I'd, pres- I'd, I'd presume. Um, so Playground Games, I mean, they've made Falls of Horizons... Um, recently, so this is I'm not sure who who works there and what their over experience are, but you'd presume they've worked on other stuff. Um, but I mean, Fable it, again, it was one of the earlier Xbox franchise, and obviously had the um, how do I word this difficult relationship with um, Molyneux Blow uh, <laughs> at Lionhead, <laughs> and then that kind of led to Fable dying out with what was it, Fable Legends, and it was meant to be that dungeon crawler master bullshit game, um, which never got released properly. But it's taken a long time, I'm not sure when Fable 3 was, but uh, it Fable seems to be back, but it's been rumoured to be back for about five years now, Carl, so is this where we finally see it? I think so, I've, I've got a lot of confidence in this one, um, I mean, it, the the story of, of Fable is a, a very interesting one. As you said, um, you know, they, the last game was, was um, Fable Legends, and then that kind of got discontinued, and then that was kind of the end of Lionhead. And, you know, it was a real shame because, you know, by all accounts, a lot of people at Lionhead wanted to work on a Fable 4, and they never really got the chance after after Fable Three. Obviously, there was Fable: The Journey, the the Kinect game, and then there was Fable Legends, and then that was it. And the you know I, I think the idea for Fable Four was even pitched to, to Microsoft, and it was it was it was turned down. So uh, at one point, I might have thought we might never get a new Fable game, but 
you know, fortunately, it, it seems that that Microsoft have, have seen the the need to diversify in in terms of their portfolio once again, in in terms of first party offerings, and you know, well, it's unfortunate it's not Lionhead Studios that are are working on it. You know, I, I suppose Playground Games, you know, being another British studio, are, are picking up the mantle and. Uh, you know, it feels like it's been so long since the rumor started. I can't even remember when or what exactly started the rumor, but I know Playground Games have virtually like two teams working on projects. I mean, one team's obviously, obviously, we're always working on Forza Horizon. Last game was Forza Horizon 4 two years ago. You'd assume their next game will be Forza Horizon 5, maybe next year or the year after. But the other team you know the kind of some hires they made and that kind of thing seemed to to indicate they were gearing up for an rpg title it was always rumored to be fable it's supposed to be like a you know a much larger and ambitious title than the previous fable games you know the much more open world um kind of what we always wanted from a fable title i mean uh, um kind of Interestingly, I suppose it's topical at the moment because the, the game's about to be remade and is coming out in a couple of months. Is Kingdoms of Amalur, and you know when that came out a few years ago, originally, and you know I played it. I remember saying to my friend when I I loaned it to him to play it, you know this is what we wanted from the Fable games all along. You know it's 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 a much larger game than you know and, and less linear. Than, than Fable games tended to be. And we never quite seen that fulfilled by the, there was so much potential, but the, the Fable series never quite got there. And it, as I said, it just, it seemed we were never going to get there. So, you know, I'm for one, I'm so happy that I'm potentially finally going to see the Fable title that I wanted all along from the time I played the first Fable back on the original Xbox, where I thought that series was going to go. And I, I think it's pretty much guaranteed. I mean, uh, as I said, because in the last couple of weeks, which is kind of the cherry on top in terms of this rumor, was that, you know, they officially uh, re-licensed the trademark. Mm. So I think we could take this one uh, as a given. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Fable 1 it. As I've said on this podcast sort of a lot of times, I, I've probably one of the only people who probably talk about had the original Xbox and it was my main console <laughs> um, at that time. Um, and that's where I first played Fable, and that that's that was probably one of my favourite games on the original Xbox. Um, and it's always been a franchise I've liked since. And I, I know 2 and 3 never really hit the heights of 1 again, but I still love them games. I just like the... The car, the cartoony RPG, it's not really... It seems to be something that, I don't know, JRPGs have kind of locked up. There's not really been that many big Western ones, has there? And that, maybe that it just kind of died with Fable after the struggles beyond 3. I know 2 and 3 didn't review as well, but I still enjoyed them. And um, it still had it still felt like Fable. You know, some, some games kind of just go a bit too far and they don't feel like what they once were. The, 2 and 3 were still Fable to me. I mean, some of the endings were crap. Like 2, I might be getting 2 and 3 mixed up, but 2, you kind of had to just pick. Um, you had to pick to save your dog, which everyone should have done. 
Um, you had to pick your dog, your sister, or the workers who worked on the spire, if I remember correctly, and everyone picked the dog, and it was like, cool. This is the only one that had actually impacted the game at the end. Whereas free, it was kind of about fighting the darkness, and you were king, and you had to decide on taxes. And I quite like that ending, to be fair. I quite like. I think free gets a bit of shit for no for no real reason. I think the real setting was that free kind of went a bit too far forward in time, didn't it? And it was kind of on the the industrial revolution, right? And it kind of came out of the realm of fantasy a bit too much. But uh, I, I'm I've re I just I've missed Fable. I've missed Fable. I think Fables is kind of like the mainstream thing that it's just kind of got its own corner sliced out in, in the gaming sphere. Or certainly to my knowledge, obviously you and other people know more than me, but um it's the only like really big cartoony RPG I can think of at the main. Uh and I think it's there. But um I hope it's kind of... I don't want it to be Fable 4. I want it to be its own thing, because we talked about Halo just there, where 343 is kind of seen as a downgrade from Bungie, and rightfully so. I don't want people just instantly going, this is Fable 4, but it doesn't feel like a Fable game. It might, it might just be an argument to make its own IP, but if it's a reimagining of Fable, and it's just called Fable A New Beginning, or something like that, just for a gen generic name... I think you can kind of get away with that, and it's now now it's Playgrounds Fable rather than Lionhead Fable. So I just hope it's a, a reimagining of Fable myself. Yeah, I think I think it probably will be. I, I think it'll be a reboot rather than a sequel. I mean, I, I think kind of they they've gone as far as they were going to go in in terms of Fable's story, and I think that's maybe why uh, the pitching of Fable Four kind of never went any further. Um, so I think it'll it'll be something new. Um, I think obviously it'll it'll still be a an open world third person RPG, and there'll, there'll certainly be a lot of the the the, the features of Fable there. You know the kind of the various enemies and um, kind of the 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 good and bad, kind of the ways you you can go with your character. That a lot of that'll be there. But I think it'll it'll possibly be could you know uh, it, it, will it be Albion will it be a new world or if it is Albion will it be a reimagined Albion um, you know I'd, I'd say in terms of the setting people's setting was probably favorite setting was probably always the first fable so I'm sure we'll go back to a more kind of medieval setting mm. rather than you know the kind of later I suppose say two was probably set in the renaissance and then yeah obviously three was in the the industrial which was a little little a step too far for for most people um so i think it's say i think you'll get what you want you know i'd be very surprised if it's not a reboot and a, a reimagining to, to a degree but while still staying true to kind of the main features of of the the original games Mm, it's fit. I think it's a perfect time for it as well because it's, it's ten years on from Fable Three. Because that that was obviously the last Fable game because the others don't count. <laughs> so it's been ten. It's been ten years for the last serious Fable game, and I mean only Bethesda work in that in that time frame. So hopefully Fable is um is up there. I mean, what what do you want? Do you want like a a twenty hour special, or do you want something that's a bit longer than that and expand the Fable? universe what what do you want from it i 
I kind of want an in-between. You know, I don't want them to go and try and create, you know, Fable's take on The Witcher, you know, like Mm. a 100-hour open-world RPG. I don't want that. I I only have room for very few of those kind of games in in Mm. my life these days, and I I like to be able to, to finish games and to finish various games so I could try out a lot of different games. So... I don't want that, and I also don't think that would suit Fable, because that's never what the old Fables were. Now, I always wanted the old Fables to be a little longer, particularly the first Fable. I suppose it was when when they released the the last chapters, but, you know, I I wanted a bit more, but I didn't want too much more. You know, like, if, if they gave me a nice kind of open world RPG that took maybe... 35 to 40 hours to finish mm. I, I think that would be the sweet spot for for a new fable title it'll be a bit more than what we were used to which would go along with the suggestion that it's going to be a lot more open than the previous ones but at the same time it's it's not trying to be the witcher it's not trying to be skyrim it's it's sticking to being its own thing and that's what i want personally i mean would would, would you be thinking along the same lines or do, do you have a kind of different length in mind no, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I think I think games like I think games that are fifteen to twenty five hours have the place, but I think as presumably second placed big game at this event after Halo, depending on what we get from the initiative. But we'll talk about that. You'd kind of want you kind of want biggish games because Halo, depending on what it is, I mean the campaign is not going to be too long with anything. Depend if it's live or not or or whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, I think thirty odd hours. It's kind of the perfect perfect game for a, for a mainstream RPG. Cause ma- casual gamers aren't going to slog through the hundred hours of Witcher. Either. They might dabble on Skyrim every now and again, but I don't think they'll uh, they'll slog through a hundred to hundred and fifty hour game like The Witcher. So yeah, I think I think that I think that's nice. Anything below fifty, I think, is just about right for for again an RPG that's not trying to break the gaming industry <laughs> uh so yeah i think i think i agree with you there spot on um shall we move on to the initiative because this is where you'll probably have to help fill in the blanks me because i never played perfect dark yes yeah, so the initiative obviously were um kind of rather than been a studio that were acquired by microsoft they were set up by microsoft and they are headed up by second here, let's get his name. Um, the former elevator pref- music. <laughs> yeah. Um, came from Crystal Dynamics. I'll have it now. <laughs> it looks cyberpunk, punky people. S- the setting. I'll, I'll fill in some. I'll fill in S- noise. <laughs> yeah. So it it was led, but the the studio was set up in 2018, and it's led by Crystal Dynamics veteran Daryl Gallagher. So obviously, Daryl came from Crystal Dynamics, who are well known for the Tomb Raider series, mm. and obviously, Tomb Raider has a strong female lead, uh, you know, a female ad- adventurer. Um, in, in the form of Lara Croft and obviously the Perfect Dark games also have a strong female lead in Joanna Dark. So there's been rumors for a while 
that um, the game, the first game that the initiative are heading up is kind of a, almost a reboot of the Perfect Dark series. You know, the Perfect Dark series was originally uh, an FPS. The first two titles were both FPSs. Um, the first game was very much a spiritual successor to GoldenEye because it was made by the same team within Rare. The second game tried to be a little different. You know, it was a solid enough shooter. It was one of the launch titles for the 360. I, I used to, it was probably, I think it was the first Xbox 360 game I ever played over at a cousin's house. When I eventually got an Xbox, I borrowed it off a friend, played through the campaign. It was decent. Messed around a lot with the multiplayer. It could be fun. Um, probably... It, you know, it's safe to say it's not as beloved as the original game. The original game was, you know, kind of up there with with GoldenEye in in terms of um, kind of its its fanfare on the 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 Nintendo sixty four. But you know, it's not to say that that Perfect Dark Zero was a bad game. Um, it was also a prequel, I believe, to Perf- Perfect Dark rather than a, a sequel. Um, but I gather that this rumored title you know, might not even be a first person shooter. It could be a third person adventure game more in line with, with Tomb Raider, um, which obviously would, would inevitably put it in direct comparison with, with uh, Uncharted on, on PlayStation's platform. So that would be interesting. Um, but obviously when they set up the, the initiative, you know, they, they weren't messing around. This was going to be their, you know, one of their their studios that that they hoped would be eventually talked about uh, alongside kind of some of, of the the bigger studios and Sony staples. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of ambition behind this studio, I gather. And for that reason, it was surprising to me that that when this rumor started that they're working on a perfect dark game, albeit likely a reboot rather than a, a new IP. I mean, what what's your thought on that? Yeah, I think I think the thing with Xbox is they've already, they've already really done they've already really done Halo and Gears for the for the uh, the recent times. So bringing something back that when was it like two thousand? Sounds think that's right. So if a game that's a franchise that's twenty year old without a game or whatever um, Zero Dark came out so fifteen years if it was about three sixty time. Um, I think that's long enough that it, it, it's kind of fresh. Like, I think that's fine. But I think we've, I think we discussed before we came on on air actually that um, obviously we mentioned uh, we need new IP. But I think something like Perfect Dark, it's kind of, it's not new, but it's not, it's nowhere near oversaturated. Obviously, so I think that's fine. Um, so I'm all right with that, but it'd be interesting because I, I I watched like someone made up a uh, a trailer of it and it looked very cyberpunky, but it was fan made. It was very well done. Um, to be fair with, to be fair to the person who made it, but it it looks cyberpunky. But if it's if it's more adventurous, and you mentioned the bloke working on Tomb Raider, um, I can see that working. Um, especially in a in a futuristic type setting. Um, and I've just watched David De Gea be shit in goal, which is always great. <laughs> um, <laughs> just got a smidge distracted there. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's it's something that's intriguing me because it's not something I'm familiar with. Obviously, I can go back and watch um, gameplay and stuff, but something that was on, I think it was on Nintendo and the Xbox, it's not really going to look great nowadays, is it? So I think this is something that'll interest me because the setting, we, we mentioned our love of Cyberpunk, um, coming out from from CD Projekt Red, etc. And if it's something like that with a female lead, but might be more adventurous rather than RPG-ish, I think that's kind of what we want because that's where that's what PlayStation have got. They haven't got like hundred-hour RPGs over the. They've got Last of Us, Uncharted, uh, God of War, and well, God of War wasn't too long, was it? So. It, it's kind of that sweet spot in, in adventure games rather than huge RPG games. And that, that's where Bethesda and CD Projekt Red come in, isn't it? So if if that's the if that's the way they're going, it'll be certainly interesting because um, it'll be interesting because it, it, Fable's obviously third person. Um, I think it might be better staying with first person in, in Project, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it will be be interesting. Um, you know, potentially that kind of suggestion that I read online might just simply be based on on, hmm. on people jump to the conclusion based on you know who's the the studio head and and what his his previous kind of series that he worked on that 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 was most popular, and also given that maybe people are assuming that um, you know. Uh, Microsoft needs some way of taking on uh, kind of the the third-person adventure games that that Sony are are popular for. You know, they you know you think of the the bigger third uh, the bigger first-party titles on PlayStation Four this gener this generation. They've all been uh, for the most part third-person action games. Um, it's it's. It's what Sony's first-party studios are known for, and and it's something that for them, a large part, Microsoft or you know their first-party, or rather Xbox game studios are are. It's known to be a weak point for them. I mean, I suppose it's talking technicalities. Gears of War is a third-person action game. I mean, it is, yeah. but it's a shooter at the end of the day. It's just a shooter in third person. Um, but it, some there's an interesting kind of divide in terms of the argument here. You know, some people would say that Xbox need to make some attempts to to kind of rival Sony in that area. Others say no. You know, Microsoft should stick to what they're good at, and you know, first person games is what they're more renowned for with 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 Halo and the like. So, I suppose there's an argument to be be made for both attempt both approaches with this game. I. I very much expecting to see this revealed at this event on Thursday. So then, obviously, we'll we'll have a better idea of what this mm. this game is going to be and and kind of the approach it's going to take in terms of uh, style. So that will be certainly interesting to see. But I can certainly see both kind of arguments in in terms of how they should approach it. Mm. I mean, wh- when do you expect this to come out? I'm I'm not thinking launch window at all because we've got. Well, Halo's on launch day. We presume Fable will be windowish. Um, Hellblade got, I think, got confirmed to twenty twenty one, which we'll talk about in a sec. So maybe twenty twenty one at the very earliest. 
Yeah, I think holiday 2021 at the earliest because, you know, the, the studio was only founded in 2018. Now, that's what they could have been together you know, kind of early days for a few months before Microsoft made the announcement, and I'm sure they were, but even so, you know, they they, they probably only started working on this this project uh, around hate, then. They were still hiring last year, weren't they? Exactly. So uh, I think the earliest we could expect to see this game is holiday next year, um, and that's, that's fine. You know, like as we always say, you know, take your time, don't rush, make the game the best it can be. But I, I think they'll be far enough along that we'll we'll be able to get a decent look at it at this event. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just every... That's what PlayStation did for years, wasn't it? I mean, there was obviously the complaints that games would do multiple E3s, but as long as there's progress every time there's an event on, I think that's fine. But we saw, I mean, we saw Spider-Man for like two or three E3s, didn't we? Um... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So yeah, I think yeah, that, that makes fine. sense. Yeah, I think it can work fine as long as they don't like over-promising. This is coming out in 2020. It's like, no. <laughs> it's uh, it's just be a bit too much. But yeah, I think this I think this will be the big industry. Not big industry. The big um, post-credit reveal. Unless they do price and stuff. But I think that would be a bit meh at the end. Um, so I think this could be one that either finishes the show or opens the show, I think. Um, yeah. Shall we? Move? Yeah, I could. I no, could certainly can. see that. I mean, I, I think Halo will probably open it. So mm, yeah, ending it with yeah. the with this project Dark uh, reboot um, would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes more sense than opening with it. Um, let's move on to Ninja Theory, and this is ones we know about. It'll probably be at the show, but we might not get too much on it because we already saw some at the Game Awards last year. Um. Shenoa's Christ has gone off my screen so much. Shenoa's Saga Hellblade Two. Um, yeah, I mean, it it looks like it's 
it's obviously taken from the first game, which was obviously an indie game. It was quite tense and dark and had mind games with the voices and stuff like that. And this one, and what we saw from the trailer, it looks like it's just up the scale. And obviously we'll probably need added refinement considering the limitations the first game had. But, I, well, firstly, did you did you play the first one? I'm sure I've asked you this before, but I can't remember. I did. Yeah, mm. I really enjoyed it as well. How do you how do you take that game from what that was, which was a great game, very enjoyable? How do you take that from something like that to what you'd presume would need to be a triple A RPG game? That that's a very good question because I mean, when you think of Hellblade and what made it a a great game, you know, it was it was visually beautiful. The sound design is one of the best sound designs I've ever experienced in a game. It's a game you you hundred percent have to play mm. with surround sound headphones. I yeah, mean, that's how you get the best out of the game. And you know, as uh, all the the whispers and that in the background, it's really creepy. I mean, I I could find that I could only play the game for for so much at a time because it, it almost got too much to be honest. Um, and then obviously it, it tells a great story as well and you know kind of touches on themes like mental health and, and that kind of thing so I mean it was an excellent excellent game but it was also a small game it was very kind of tightly compact everything was purposeful you know when when you're opening things up there and making a little bit more of an open-ended game and, and kind of a longer game it gets that much harder to achieve those things, you know, in such a tight way. It's a lot more difficult. Now, obviously, Ninja Theory now, since the acquisition, you know, they, they could, I'm sure they've scaled up in terms of staff and they have, a, you know, kind of the financial backing of, of Microsoft, which is is almost a, a bottomless pocket. So in, in that way, they definitely have the resources to, to make that a, a reality but it's still nonetheless a challenge and obviously it's a, a a challenge that you know that that I'm sure Ninja Theory are relishing tackling as as they're they're developing the game at the moment but it will be interesting to see if they can if they can achieve that and then kind of if this game then ultimately performs as well as the first game did critically because it's you know it's a it was a a critical darling at the end of the day mm mm-hmm. And I think that's that's pretty much the, not a doubt, but that's the only question mark against the game, I suppose. But, I mean, God of War wasn't the same game as Hellblade, obviously, but we saw God of War go from hack and slash to the most beautiful fucking thing ever. <laughs> um, so it, it's not unheard of to do a completely reimagining of a, not reimagining, reworking of a, a genre going from sequel to sequel so it'll be i think that'll be interesting and i hope maybe a smidge too early maybe we see at the um game of the year awards depending if they happen in december um uh, maybe we see a bit more then that's about that's a year from short to short so that might make more sense depending when it comes out um so yeah that that'll be interesting to me see if it is maybe sandbox adventure rather than RPG or whatever, but it'll be certainly interesting. It'll certainly be interesting. Um, 
And that's kind of, that's kind of where we're not going to finish here, obviously. But that's kind of where we're up to confirmed games or comfort or rumors with enough enough to be confirmed. So I mean, well, yeah. In regards to Ninja Theory, they do have a second confirmed project. So oh. plus the benefits of having Microsoft's backing there. Um, they have Project Mara, which is kind of a, a an experimental horror game uh, that deals with the kind of horrors of mental health again we, we see that that tends to be a, a a trend with their their recent titles dealing with that subject matter um so we we don't know too much about this this game but it it's you know supposed to be very experimental and kind of an interesting take on the horror genre so it'll, it'll be that that's another one to watch out for that that could show up again at this event it's horror. I won't play it. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I, I I was dubious going to play Hellblade, and I'm so glad I did. So it just depends. Jump. I don't do jump scares. That's the thing, and that seems to be the only thing fucking horror games do nowadays. Um. So yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and there is the obvious. Um. Obviously, one last. Uh, confirmed mm-hmm. title, but it's it's almost seems um, redundant to discuss it, uh, given what it is. But obviously, Turn Ten Studios oh, are you. working on uh, an untitled Forza Motorsport title, which we assume will be Forza Motorsport Eight, and we assume will be a launch title for the Xbox Series X. I think I think that's a safe assumption to make. Yeah, it's true. But to be fair, I heard a theory on another podcast. Uh, they've put a lot of backing into dirt. So I mean, turn ten might be might be making something over other than Forza, which is probably very doubtful. But uh, it would be funny if it wasn't Forza, but it will be Forza. Um, oh, I missed out Rare and Everwild and Battletoads. Um, that's kind of confirmed. Battletoads again. That's been good for a few years. It'll be on Game Pass, you'll play it for fun. Everwild, it looks like... We've not seen loads of it, but it looks like Xbox's version of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's kind of the vibes we got from it, wasn't it? Yeah, like, we don't really know what kind of game it is, but we've seen kind of some some art from it, and it does look... It looks looks quite visually striking, um, but I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that comparison, because I, def- I get vibes of breath of the wild from from the the little bit we've seen from everwild and you know it's exciting in a way because you know i've been looking forward to after years of them working on connect games and then obviously the the um the the rare replay collection um you know they they finally got kind of let off the leash somewhat uh with sea of thieves but you know that wasn't really for me um so in that sense, I suppose it's a little disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm hoping this will be a case of second time lucky, and and this will be the the new rare IP for for me to sink my teeth into. So I'm very intrigued to see more on Everwild, and this is another game that I'd I'd be surprised if if it isn't shown off at this this event on Thursday, and we'll, we'll get a clearer idea of what what the game is and kind of when we can expect it to come out. I, again, I'm not really expecting it to be a launch title. Um, it's not out of the question, given that Rare are quite a big studio. You know, mm. they could have well been working on this game alongside Sea of Thieves in the background. Uh, so it could be further along than we expect. But I, I still, nonetheless, am, am expecting 2021 at the earliest. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I was just a bit of delay there. I was, go I was Googling it. <laughs> I was trying to remember when it got uh, got shown. Uh, it was XO19. Oh, Christ, that, feel that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it was, really that does. That was when the show grounded as well. Fuck me. Uh, anyway, the grounded leads me on to Obsidian. Um, the signed Obsidian, first thing they shown was grounded. It was the perfect middle finger to people who got excited about that. But um, Obsidian is probably the one where you look at the studios and go, I really wonder what they're up to. Is it too early? I, I, I don't think so. Again, similar to Rare, they're, they're likely a studio that have multiple projects on the go. I think Grounded is kind of, you know, it's it's something that's a little bit outside of their wheelhouse. Obviously, it's a co-op survival game, and it's nearly ready. It's going into early access in the coming months, and then it'll be launched uh, end for... Of, end of this month. It's, yeah, it's quite, quite, quite close. Like, it, you know, it's, it's literally around the corner. In fact, I had to double-check that it wasn't already out. Um, and then it'll launch in 2021 for for reels uh, for for PC and um, the Xbox consoles. So I mean that's nearly here, but that almost has the feeling of like a side project. I'm sure they're mm. they're working on something a, li a little meatier. There's been some suggestions of potentially an Outer Worlds two. Uh, that would make a lot of sense, and I'm I'm sure that one like the first game, I'd imagine a, a sequel would be an exclusive to to Xbox and PC. So I wouldn't be surprised if The Outer Worlds Two is their next main project, and that that's been worked on in the background. But given that The Outer Worlds only came out last year, I don't think we're going to see that yet and mm. i think if we see anything it would maybe just be a little tease that you know look we're just announced that they're working on it um but i i don't think we're going to see anything or get any kind of information on that game until you know next year at the earliest given given how early it's it's developing likely is to be uh, potentially you know obsidian are such a large studio that 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 work on a lot of different things they could even have a third project on the go mm, i, I don't true. know but I'd still be surprised if, if we seen anything on it. I'd imagine if Obsidian make an appearance, it will just be to, to show off more about Grounded, especially if they want to kind of push that title, given that it's it's going into uh, early access soon and obviously mm -hmm. launching next year. Well, what do you think in, in regards to Obsidian? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they just go, oh, by the way, after the Grounded stuff, to go, oh, by the way, we're Outer Worlds 2 is real and it's probably too soon to show this, but here's a here's a logo of what you can expect. Yada yada yada. Probably no no talk of a release date or anything, but you'd probably say twenty twenty two at the earliest for something like that, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe even twenty twenty three, given that I'd imagine like the Outer Worlds was. In regards to those kind of open world RPGs, it was it was a lot more contained than than you know the likes of Fallout and and Skyrim, and maybe they'll choose to keep it that way and and not kind of you know get try to to get too large. But I'd imagine it'll be a bit bigger than the first game, you know, kind of more planets to go to and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I I, I think think twenty twenty. 2023 is is kind of the the likely years that we'll mm. we'll see that game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, that's probably the last individual 
developer I'd probably go through, but is there is there any one you're looking at and they're going, I'm really interested to see what they they come up with, because obviously In Exile's got Wasteland 3 just coming out, so I, won't, I doubt they'll be making anything big-ish for Xbox soon. But other than that, I mean, you're looking at the smaller studios that had, um, like, Compulsion Games, We Happy Few, um, Undead Labs, we kind of mentioned probably not making State of Decay 3 and stuff like that, but, um, and Double Fine, but that's Psychonauts 2 is only just coming out, so it, it it's hard to know what we expect from them, and is that kind of where Xbox needs something a bit different, because you can kind of rely on um, Halo and, and Fable to sell, but is the new stuff kind of where this will be either really good or really bad? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, obviously, those you know that the games are expecting. You know, we we they they need to have strong showings, but we also need to see new things from Microsoft from from, from Xbox, the various Xbox game studios. And I think it's these studios that kind of the, some of the ones you mentioned there that we we'll likely see that from. I mean, like Double Fine are known as a, a very flexible studio they work on a lot of different kind of games you know psychonauts 2 is just about ready but i'm sure they have other projects on the go and i wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those projects revealed on thursday uh, what that will be i have no clue because as i said they they're they're very kind of diverse in terms of their offerings compulsion games i'd imagine they will also reveal a project on thursday um, they, they certainly should be well into it, given that We Happy Few kind of had already launched by the time their acquisition by Microsoft mm. was announced. And I think in Exile, again, like West, Wasteland 3 is just about ready. So I'd assume they have their, their, um, their next project kind of underway. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that now with them expectations are to be an RPG of some form. Maybe it could be the Bard's Tale 5 or or potentially a new IP. Um, but I, I think they'll they'll definitely have something to show as well. So I think those three will, will be kind of the, the, the most... And, and Undead Labs as well, actually, sorry. I'm sure they, they likely have something in the works as well. So I think those four studios will be the ones most likely to deliver something we're not expecting in terms of... and then quite possibly new ip um now as we said we can't rule out kind of second party games or Mm. potentially one or two new acquisitions in terms of studios and then for those new acquisitions to also announce their projects um so it's it's not completely tied you know that that it's completely down to these four studios to give us new ip or we won't get new ip um but you know because we we don't know at all what these studios are, are working on. It's it's impossible um, to to even speculate on on what they're going to 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 be giving us, which is exciting in its way. Obviously, for for us, it's it's a little frustrating because we we can't really offer anything on it to the to the podcast. But for actually viewing the the event. It's exciting because, you know, when these studios, you know, are, are coming on screen, we're not going to have a clue what they're going to be showing to us. Now, to a degree, I suppose, um, you know, Psychonauts 2 could be shown off again. But nonetheless, in terms of new announcements, you know, I have no idea what Double Fine are, are, are going to be working on. And, and that's exciting because they are, they're always, you know, not every one of their games is for me, but, but nonetheless, I'm always interested to see what they're what they're working on because they are 
uh, a top-notch studio. Um, and I'm trying to think, is there any other studios we... Oh, The Coalition, but I'm, I'd imagine Gears mm. of War 6 probably won't see it till next year they're or even, doing, even the year after. So They're doing a stream of Gears of War 5 on Xbox Series X afterwards, so I imagine that's what they'll be doing. Ah, just just kind of a nice nice patch yeah. i mean with the coalition anyway there, it might be a bit of a transition for them because let's not forget rod ferguson left the coalition in february to go to blizzard to kind of oversee development of, of the diablo series so might be a little bit of a reshuffle there so i, I think gears of war six or gears six if they're sticking with that that uh shortening the name is likely a few years off yeah, you'd imagine so. I think there was a decent gap between four and five, wasn't there? So probably twenty twenty two earliest again. Um or maybe that when we see it and then twenty twenty three when it comes out. Um I mean there's not really much else we can talk about. I mean any second party or even surprising third party stuff. I mean who who was who did um what's the studio that did heavy rain? They have linked to a, do stuff with Xbox, weren't they? Heavy Rain, yeah. And did Detroit, Detroit become human? That's what I'm trying to think of. Um, Quantum, why, am I, why am I blanking on this? Quantic Dream. Yeah, um, they have not announced uh, their next title yet, have they? Mm, um, they, they were sec, pretty much second party with it. Sony weren't the but they stopped that, didn't they? They were, yeah. They, they. Uh, I think from uh, obviously Fahrenheit was released on both the PS2 and the Xbox. I actually own it on the original Xbox, but beyond that, from Heavy Rain, uh, true to Detroit, you know, they were um, PlayStation console exclusives. Eventually, came to Microsoft Windows. Um. So now they're they're completely out there. They announced that they'll be working on on multi platform. Mm platform games and um you're right there was kind of rumors that they could potentially even be making a, a console exclusive for for xbox um i'm not i'm not too sure what to, to make of them really because obviously there was a lot of kind of controversy behind that studio a lot of kind of things going behind right. the scenes so i'm not sure if that's kind of messed them up a little bit they might be a little further behind on on their right. next um Thailand. It hasn't been too long since Detroit anyway. It's only been I mean, a couple of years. I suppose we could see Detroit get shown off as something to just come out on Xbox One, but that'd probably depend on Sony's exclusivity deal with that game. I'd presume. But I just threw them out because I don't know, they popped in my head for some reason. But I mean, you, you mentioned studio acquisition, acquisitions there. We've Last couple of podcasts we've talked about the Warner Brothers thing. It'd be way too early for that, you'd presume. But is yeah. That, I mean, well, would you gamble on a studio acquisition or would you think they've kind of had two or three shows of showing acquisitions now? I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me to see one. Um, but as to who it would be, I have no clue. I mean, you know, in terms of their previous acquisitions, you know, obviously there was a couple you could kind of call like Undead Labs and, and Playground Games, but then the rest have all been kind of out of left field, like, you know, Obsidian 
and and double fine were both kind of big gets, but you never would have predicted either of them. And and then obviously in exile, we're we're kind of a almost out of left field. So it, it's 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 really difficult to kind of make any kind of prediction on and who they could potentially get. There's there's kind of no one um, coming to mind really that kind of have worked with Microsoft in the past that that would make a lot of a lot of sense um you know they they might even rather than buying a studio they might find found another one similar to to yeah. obviously the initiative um it, it is it's difficult to say but i mean again similar to as we were saying about those four studios that we don't know what their next project is it, it's exciting because it you know, if there is an acquisition, we're probably not going to see it coming. And, you know, therein lies the excitement. It's, it's going to be whatever they announce, it's, it's going to get a similar reaction to, to, to like kind of the Double Fine and Obsidian acquisitions if, if they do indeed make another one. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you mentioned obviously like uh, Undead and etc. They were already pretty much under the Xbox wing, just unofficially. So they made sense, but it would be... It's really too early for the Warner Brothers thing, isn't it? It has to be, surely. Yeah, no, no, that that that's that's far too early. I mean, I'm not even sure they're 100% for sale yet. Um, so it would be hugely surprising if if that was um if that was announced i mean i'm looking at um kind of games that microsoft have published but didn't develop um in recent years you know moon moon studios yeah that's that's one that's one actually that makes because they obviously work on ori they've they've made the last two Ori games that's the one studio that kind of jumps out that would it would make a lot of sense for Microsoft to bring them on board because they offer they offer something that's different to what Microsoft already have. Um, but I'm not I'm not really seeing. I'm looking at like kind of some of the Xbox One games that came out that were developed by third, you know, kind of set a second party games. Uh, Crackdown Three was developed by Sumo Digital, but I think Sumo Digital would make a lot more sense for Sony to pick up because they've made a lot more games for PlayStation platforms. Um, you know, like you had uh, um, uh, ReCore from uh, obviously Comcept, but I don't couldn't see them picking up Comcept. I, I just think uh, KG Inafune wants to well, they stay want Jap- um, they want Japanese independent. Ti- they want Japanese titles, don't they? So. Obviously well, yeah, in that the, sense, it yeah. would make sense to pick up, um, but you, you know, can't, you can't that buy, way. You can't just, buy Japanese studios go through Japan, can you? That's the thing. It's it's not impossible. I mean, obviously, obviously, um, Bethesda picked up Tango, um, True. so it's 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 not impossible. But I I just don't think Concept would be that studio. I don't think they make a lot of sense. Um, and I'm looking at any anything else kind of jumping out there. Um, obviously, Splash Damage co kind of collaborated with the Coalition to make Gears Tactics, um, but Splash Damage are actually part of the company um, 
Leiu that uh, are supposedly being bought out by Sony. So that's not going yeah, to work it's... either. So I, I don't, I, but Bar Moon Studios, no one is jumping out as obvious. So therefore, it could be anyone down the road, really. Um, like a, any future acquisitions, I mean, are, are likely to, to surprise people aside from, as I said, potentially Moon Studios. Did you just mention Tencent going to Sony? No, 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 not Tencent, uh, Leo. Leo, okay, I was going to say, because Tencent, potentially, I know they're Chinese, I presume they're Chinese, just cross, I'm, I'm looking because I, I just remembered cross, um, crossfire that uh, CS:GO type game that that was an, announced as an Xbox exclusive uh, last year's E3. Um, that was released in China by Tencent and done by Smilegate. So maybe it's the only, that's the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, um, possibly if they if they want to get kind of an Eastern studio, that would mm. be interesting. Um, but it's it's diff it's difficult to say. Like I I, I just I, I can't really. There's not like I've been racking my brain here trying to think of any kind of even outlandish predictions in terms of studios that could potentially um, pick up. But the only one that I can think of is Moon Studios, and I think that's that's a, a very kind of obvious prediction. Mm. I'm not saying it will yeah, happen. Yeah. Maybe Moon Studios want to maintain their independence. They have thus far while working with uh, Microsoft, but that that would be the the most predictable acquisition I feel. Uh, but beyond that, if they do choose to to make another, if they have made another acquisition and choose to announce it, I have no clue who else it could potentially be. And as I said, that in itself is exciting. Interesting, and just out of interest, uh, the Crossfire apparently have one and two, which were made years ago. Getting made, getting developed again at Smilegate with Remedy's help, <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think we can only speculate on on studio stuff, and it, it'll be just be one out of the blue, apart from Moon Studios, obviously. So yeah, it's not really much we can go. But shall we do like predictions on um, what's coming out at launch? When Windows, I know we've kind of done it a bit in passing, but launch games. I mean, Halo's confirmed at launch. Fable? Yeah, um, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? No, no. It's been rumored <laughs> so long. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a strong chance that it, I think at the very least it's going to be a launch window game, not possibly 20, not launch day. But I, I think, you know, kind of within the first six months of the console, we'll, we'll mm. likely see. The, the new Fable title, it, it, it makes a lot of sense for that. So I definitely, I I would not be surprised to see it on launch day, and I'd, I'd be pretty confident that it's going to be launch window. Interesting. Um, What else did we have? I've completely gone blank. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it's good. Uh, Shenoa, late 21? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they've they've kind of made that they've kind of given that indication. Mm. So I, I, we're obviously not going to see that in the 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 launch window. Um, but the holiday twenty twenty one makes a lot of sense. Do we see Project Dark release date? 
No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think they'll reveal that, but I, I don't even think we'll get a release year yet. Do we see a Lockhart teaser at this one, or do we see the console at this one? I should say. Then there's rumours of the show in August, isn't it? So, do we see a teaser for that show, or do we see the console at the show? It's pretty much what I'm trying to ask you in a long-winded. Way. I don't. I don't think so. No, I think there'll be a complete focus on games on Thursday. To be honest, I don't. I don't think there'll be much at all if anything mentioned about the consoles. So I think, I think they'll, you know, that rumor of the, the series S or whatever it's going to be called being revealed in August. Um, I, I think that will come true. Well, that kind of leads me on to the next question. Do we see price and release date for the series X at this one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you'll get that right at the end. Um, I think, I think it's, we've almost had kind of a who will blink first between Sony and Xbox in terms of uh, date and price. And I, I think, you know, as, as have it been the losers, in, so to speak, in the last console generation, it, it falls upon Microsoft to, to make the first move. Um, and it makes sense for them to do so. So uh, I think they will announce that at the, the end of the show. And finally... Give us a date for release date. We'll have a bit. We'll bingo. We'll bingo this. <laughs> uh, let me just pop up on a calendar there so I can see when the Friday is in November. Right? So we have the 6th, the 13th, 20th, and the 27th. I'm going to say the thir- Friday, the 13th of November. Ooh. Hopefully, the bad luck. Yes. Will be good luck. Just to avoid that, that date, I will go the. 20th yeah I'll go 20th why not and price bingo what do you want to go with for the series X mm. ooh, you know they've been very kind of banging the drum about it being the most powerful console so you know that's going to be more powerful than the PS5 so I'm thinking probably six hundred euro, like five five nine nine. Mm. Um, so uh, what's that in pounds? Uh, let me just quickly get up a an old calculator there. <laughs> um, the the converter. They never so, do it properly anyway. They just round they round it down <laughs> or round it up. It's always like yeah, 600 we'll, we'll get a rough yeah, idea. Yeah. If it's four hundred dollars, um, it's four hundred pounds. <laughs> so it says five hundred and forty four pounds. So probably five hundred and thirty nine pound. Probably. I will go What's your guess there? I'm gonna stick with four fifty. I thought you were going to sell 450. I was going to price it right. You can go 4499. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, I, I'll stick with 450. I think Xbox will try and come in low. And uh, if the PlayStation is meant to be expensive, then they'll have to respond to that. But uh, I'll say 450, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's five, five plus. I think for the PlayStation, I predicted 550 for the one with the disk drive, 500 without the disk mm. drive. So I'd be thinking here 600, as I said, for the Series X, and probably like 500 or, or maybe even 450 for the Series S, seeing as they're push if if it's if it's underpowered and and not just simply a digital version of the Series X. 
um, could could even be 450. So that's that's my thinking there. But I I, I could see it being a little bit more than the PlayStation, given given what they've been pushing. And obviously, the Xbox One X was more than the Pro, the PlayStation 4 Pro. So no, that's a good point. It's a good point. It's just. You don't want to be stupidly more expensive than the PlayStation. That's the only problem. I don't think you want to be more expensive than the PlayStation at all, really. But someone's got to blink first, and I think you're right. I think it's probably down to Xbox to make the first move because, well, PlayStation could release the the price the day before it comes out. (laughs) People would buy it. Um, So, yeah, that's a a worry there. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But if there's... um, Anything else you can think of before we finish up? No, um, I mean, as I said, that's that's what's most interesting about this um, this event is that we don't really know what to expect. Um, that there's a few things kind of we can we can take a safe bet, but a lot of it is is up in the air, and I think that's the intrigue. I mean, we still don't even know for sure that there could still be a couple couple even third party games showing up here or or you know maybe third party exclusives even so there, there's so much that could happen that we we have no clue about so i'm just just really ex- intrigued to see what happens on on thursday and then obviously we'll we'll kind of sit down then and, and kind of uh go through the weeds of it all then next next weekend yeah, and that, that uh, hopefully it's not a disappointment, and it might even be a shorter podcast than this. But I mean, Carl, we're we're near the end, and we're not even in sight of two hours. It's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, we're we're slacking off. Really are. I mean, as we'll finish up, I mean, as we usually do. I mean, what what have you been playing? I know it's only been a week, and you're kind of in the Last of Us po- post Last of Us lull. Uh, anything grabbed you since then? I mean, you're talking about starting Horizon. I've literally played nothing since I finished Call of Duty World at War. Or sorry, World of War, that's a bit old. OG, World War Two. Um, I want to finish the last part of the DLC for Assassin's Creed Odyssey before I move on to Horizon, and that's still my plan. But I just simply have played nothing this week. Unless you want to count the one game of League of Legends I played, I've played nothing. I'll count it. I'll count. How about how about you? What have you been playing? I've not started Ghost of Tsushima yet because people keep bothering me over the weekend to play Overwatch and other games. But people will hopefully leave me alone tomorrow so I can finally start Ghost of Tsushima. And Carl, the question is, do I play in grey mode in Japanese or do I play normal mode like a peasant? I'd say play in Japanese. Um, It is tempting. it is really cool. I like I like mm. that feature from from what I've seen. So that would be that would be what I would do if I when I and what I will do when I eventually get around to playing it. Yeah, and the only thing is for me tomorrow I have to go to the post office because somehow I fat fingered and bought two I bought two copies of the game. <laughs> so I have to go return one in the post office tomorrow. But then I will get to play. Oh uh, dear. But um, yeah, over than that, I mean, feel free to tweet us your thoughts of what xbox are up to at what up underscore ai at guy drinkle for me or um at k mac dw for carl i believe that's right um or if you've got his liverpool account i'm sure he'll tweet you there as well um but yeah that's it thank you for listening it's been under two hours people what else can you expect (laughs) so thank you for listening goodbye 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.